Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And uh, this week we have a very special episode. They're all very special episodes, though. Uh, we are we are officially switching gears to start talking about Streets of New Capenna, our Jazz Age crime family demon run mobster set in, uh, and uh, we are we are we're getting a story for that very soon. Uh, it's uh, starting on March twenty eighth and running through April fifth. And that is uh, before previews go out, like we did with Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So you're going to know everything about what is happening on this plane before you see... I was about to see any cards, but they always do some of those when they do the little LGS preview announcement weekly MPG. There we go. That was what I was Mm -hmm. looking for. We already have some. We have the lands, the triomes slash hideouts, I guess, and the... uh, (laughs) The broker's ascendancy, I think it's called. So yes, we yeah, have we, one, we have one of the ascendancies and the basics. Uh, the basics are gorgeous. Oh my god, they are. There's there's a lot of pretty pretty art, like genuinely like really pretty art <laughs> coming with the set. Uh, wait till you see the rest of the set. It's great. Um, anyway, but in order to to kind of prep everyone for this, we need to to start with some basics. Uh, because this this is a world, a, a city built by angels that is now run by demons. Angels and demons have a very long and storied history in magic, all the way back to Alpha with Lord of the Pit and Sarah Angel. They are, well, angels are mainstays in the game. Demons had, well, we'll get there. They took a break. They yeah. they took a break. They had a nice little vacation. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, like I said, we'll get there. So uh, we we just kind of wanted to do uh, an episode all about angels and demons in magic. Unfortunately, if you came here to hear a lively discussion about the like over a decade old Dan Brown mystery novel, that's not what we're talking about because it's not good. Can't recommend it. Can't recommend it. You could go back. Was Ewan McGregor in the movie version of that? You know, I know there was a movie version, but I don't remember it. Hold on. I'm looking that up. (laughs) Angels and Demons movie. I know it followed on the success of the Da Vinci Code movie, and I think it made about as much impact as like throwing a handful of flour at a wall. Look at that. Look at that. I can't remember the names of people I meet in real life, and I remember that Ewan McGregor was in the Angels and Demons movie. Fuck me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, and Stellan Skarsgård. I love Stellan. He's a good bane. I actually enjoyed those movies for what it's worth. It's, it's weird. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is the Warcraft movie, so I can't judge anyone. Oh, God. God help you. <laughs> I mean, that has Lady Orcs in it, right? I have, yeah, yes. that's fair. I have watched that movie more than most films. Oh, God. <laughs> I just, I enjoy it. I just really enjoy it, okay? That's fair. We all have our bad movies that we enjoy. I just think any movie that has Lady Orcs is already going to be an above-average movie regardless of what else happens in that movie. So, like... Yeah, I mean, it was bad, but I enjoyed it. Um, The movie, though, uh, does feature demons. Demons are a part of that movie, so it is relevant to the topic we're discussing. (laughs) No, because we're talking about angels and demons and magic. And so... um, Oh, yeah. um, We're gonna start with angels, which are uh, one of the most popular creature types in magic. Uh, Um... They are they are kind of up there with dragons and uh, and such as as one of these big classic fantasy tropey creature types that uh, get to do a lot of broad appeal things with, but also very weird and intricate magic specific things with, which we'll cover. Um, Angels and demons both are uh, uh, respectively for white angels for white and demons for black are uh, two of the uh, large iconic races um, that we see in magic. So so each creature type has a, uh, a characteristic race um, that's seen on like the commons and the one ones, the humanoid sized things. 
Uh, and then uh, there's also a larger creature type that can be like the, the big, beefy, splashy, rare and mythic rare type creatures. And so uh, angels are white, uh, demons are blacks, blues are sphinxes, reds are dragons, greens are hydra. Green, green has been struggling to find an identity over the years, but hydra... I, mean, I think, I think hydra, hydra is firmly in green's thing now. They've they've been doing the Hydra as Green's iconic experiment for a decade now. I think it just is <laughs> Hydra's. Um, yeah. I actually liked worms way back when, but maybe I'm just a weirdo. No, I, I like a big worm too. It's fine. I think the problem with worms is that over the years, they have filtered down to common and uncommon a lot more often, uh, which makes them less good choices for iconics. Uh, with the caveat that sometimes dragons and angels do, but uh, that's largely off of their sheer popularity. But also, we don't see angels at common, really, unless we're in a set that like specifically cares about angels. But anyway. it just means more tribal support. <laughs> so, so to get us on track, what what makes an angel? Like, what is what is an angel in magic? So, an angel is a locust. It's normally a locust of pure white mana, or that's that that's generally what is creation the the source of most angels in magic um yeah the the word that gets tossed around a lot when when we discuss angels uh and demons because we'll get to this later uh is mana construct uh the, these are angels are beings born of pure mana um that doesn't mean they're all artificially created most angels are naturally occurring they're just they, they're not biological in nature. They're magical. They spring right from the mana and the ether of a plane. Um, and and for, for like the aesthetic purposes in magic, uh, angels have typically, typically they are, are women with two wings and they look human otherwise. That is yep. the typical expression of an angel. Um, there are some like departures from that, which we'll talk about, but like they are they have a very clear aesthetic appearance, which is not true for a lot of the other uh, big characteristic or um, excuse me, big iconic creature types, because uh, even dragons have looked remarkably different depending on what plane you're on. Uh, and the same thing for, you know, sphinxes, of course, and then hydras and demons, which we'll talk about. Yeah, the, the big things visually that change for angels tend to be the number of wings, uh, the style of halo. And then obviously clothing, uh, because they are they are the one iconic creature type that most commonly wears clothes, like always wears clothes because they have basically human bodies. Um, but like I said, angels are an original part of the game. Sarah Angel in Alpha is, you know, at the time was like the best creature in the game. Uh, it is the single card that created Sarah as a character and the Sarah Angels as. Uh, a thing that exists in the multiverse, a lore thing. Um, uh, but we very quickly got in uh, Legends, uh, Gabriel Angelfire, uh, one of our few male angels in Magic as uh, one of the first legendary creatures, and also Fallen Angel, um, which is uh, Fallen Angels are a very specific trope. Um, Fallen Angel is a black angel, and, and so... Uh, angels are very unique that way in that um, there is this specific trope space of quote unquote the fallen angel, which gets played with sometimes, uh, very rarely in magic because having angels adhere to the white iconic space is very important for like design and branding and all those things. Uh, so fallen angels don't appear a lot, but they do appear sometimes, and so those usually show up in black. Yeah, we um we got uh, a lot of angels in the early sets of Magic, and they they really sort of played not only a role in like you know the card releases, but also in the story quite a bit. Uh, in Mirage and Tempest block, we got uncommon angels. So like from the very beginning, we're already getting a little deviation from them being rare. Uh, even though I would say, generally speaking, angels are found at rare and mythic rare now. Uh, and then we had a very early character of. You know, the Weatherlight Saga, the Selenia Dark Angel, um, who was a white black angel and was important to the story. She is a, uh, a Saren angel who carries a curse and becomes a part of Phyrexia and gets killed by Krovax and turns him into a vampire. And uh, yeah, she is she is one of those characters that fits under the fallen angel trope. We also got Radiant 
fairly early as well. Yeah, so the the Urza saga block had a like really high number of angels uh because it, you know, featured Sarah's realm and they they travel to Sarah's realm which is full of Sarah's angels uh including Radiant and uh there's there's angels at all sorts of rarities. It was actually in this block where we got a, the first ever common angel. Uh, I think it's angelic page and uh this was like a, a high point for people who liked angels and magic, especially since at the time there was um, a lack of uh, the other topic of today. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so uh, we also got the very iconic voice cycle. So the angels with protection from various colors and then voice of all, which has lent its name to an excellent podcast. Yeah. If you are interested in magic lore. Um, it's the, uh, the cycle is voice of duty, voice of grace, voice of law, voice of reason, voice of truth. Um, I had a lot of fun when writing Sarah for Arena that uh, utilized um, those five words uh, in one of the lines because I'm cheeky. And then uh, we didn't get a lot of angels in the the story after, you know, Urza collapsed Sarah's realm for totally uh, unavoidable purposes. And it had to be done uh, also to pilot his ship or power, excuse me, the weather light. Um, So... Urza, you know, turns all the angels into a rock, uh, and then uh, well, he, we get a <laughs> lot, a lot get evacuated to Dominaria. Yeah, and they yes. they they take they take refuge in Benalia or the surrounding areas for the most part. Yeah, but uh, we we don't get a lot of big named angels until we get Raya, uh, excuse me, Raya Dawnbringer, uh, who gets referenced later in the uh, Dominaria set. And then uh, the biggest, most important angel of but, uh, magic you, story for years. Mm-hmm. Rhea is an inv- invasion block, yes. right? Yep, but she wasn't really mentioned in the invasion story at all. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, she she is one of the siren angels that exists, part of the Dawnbringer mm-hmm. flights. Uh, Lyra Dawnbringer, who we get later, uh, we learn, is also one of the angels of that flight who fought in the thing. But yes, then we get... Yeah. You know, one of like uh, the the driving forces of magic story for for a good little bit of time in uh, Acroma, Angel of Wrath, who is uh, one of the most iconic cards in the early like 2000s of magic and is still one of like the most fan favorite angel cards, uh, especially considering she wasn't like, I mean, she was an angel, but she wasn't like a real she wasn't real. <laughs> like well, she was made by Exodore. She, she was as real like, uh, I, I, I guess I. I I struggle with the idea that she wasn't a real angel in, in that a lot of angels are creations of magic or sometimes by planeswalkers like Sarah. Ixodor, for all intents and purposes, could have been a planeswalker at some point, but eh, that's, that's a fan theory of mine, but whatever. The, the important part is that Ixodor's, so Ixodor's wife gets killed in the pit fights uh, and uh, he, he creates a chroma in her image uh as uh, an angel of uh vengeance and wrath um she is born out of his righteous fury against the cabal uh so she's she's a real angel she's a really unique case of a specific angel being created by a specific person for a specific purpose um but uh yeah she is uh I think probably until Avacyn, Akroma is just the most popular angel in Magic and one of the most popular legends in the entire game's history. Um, not close. Um, yeah. I think she she only gets a little bit of... Uh, until Avacyn, she gets a little bit of... Uh, she shares a little bit of screen time in the sense of like popular angels when we get to Ravnica block, but uh, she's kind of like the last pre-modern angel uh, because, you know, after Onslaught block, we actually move into what is the modern timeline of magic and also the uh, the modern timeline of, you know, cards that are legal in the format modern. Uh, and we get uh, the like current day Sarah Angels. Uh, we see some of them in the Time Spiral block and we see a lot of them in Dominaria. Um, those are, are very interesting because it's the it, these are angels who are naturally occurring who were originally created by Sarah in a sense. So they're from that same lineage, but they're not being manually, you know, printed uh, out by a godlike planeswalker. <laughs> that it's fuzzy. So mm-hmm. uh new Sarah angels on Dominaria are born at the Cathedral Sarah at Circe, which is Sarah where Sarah sacrificed herself um after the death of Pharaohs. 
while traveling with uh, certain uh, refugees. So uh, it, it is this place that Sarah has specifically imbued with power to create new angels. So in a sense, it's uh, a planeswalker phenomenon that is continuously creating new angels. But also that happened centuries ago, and it's just like a mainstay of the environment now. So it's like, yes, it's natural, but also not originally. But uh, yeah, it's like it's like on that line. We get uh, some real interesting story about them when we get to the Dominaria block and we actually get to see one of those angels be born and the purpose that they have and then uh, watch her go on to become the ship's mechanic of the Weatherlight. Yeah, what's her name? Tiana? Mm-hmm. She's yeah. I. She is one of the best characters from the Dominaria story, which was very good, and you should go read it if you have not. Uh, Martha Wells is excellent. Um, but following the Onslaught block uh, and the movement into the modern card frame, uh, more interestingly, uh, we ended up with the Angels of the Ravnica block shortly thereafter. And we got introduced to the Boros Legion and the Fire Main Angels. So the the Boros Angels really take on the the warrior angel archetype uh, trope. Um, they are they are red white. Um, they start with Razia. We don't know where Razia is from, but essentially Razia gets cloned into the rest of the angels, uh, including Feather, who is one of the main characters of the original Ravnica Black novels. Uh, all the angels except Feather end up getting killed during the course of those block novels, uh, and uh, they they create uh, new clones from Feather, um, and then Feather goes to jail, and Aurelia takes over, um, and they have a big flying battleship called the Parhelion, and then the Parhelion 2, because the Parhelion 1 gets blown up and crashes, Um there are also Orzhov angels. Uh, they tend to be bald and goth and awesome. Uh, they are mostly either uh, intentionally corrupted Boros angels by the Orzhov or are um, disillusioned Boros angels who go and join the Orzhov. And they are they are more of the uh, the uh, the re- angelic reaper trope, angels of death, uh, which is. Uh, not necessarily fallen angel, but um, and sort of black aligned angelic trope we see in magic a little bit also. Yeah, one of the uh, the interesting aspects of the the fire main angels of which Razia and Feather, uh, you know, coming from Razia is that they they had four wings, which was kind of neat. It was like a, a neat little like take on the angel appearance, and they um, they liked fire a lot. There's a lot of fire going on with them because you know red mana. The only way to depict red mana in a card is to show fire. So that was or lightning uh, or lightning. That's true. Lightning Angel was a very popular card. Yes. Lightning Angel from uh, Invasion Block, I believe. Uh, uh, Apocalypse. Block. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. It, I think so. it, it was Apocalypse. I'm sorry. Not Odyssey. Uh, yeah. It, had, it was red, white and blue, but it was um, only had two wings. Apocalypse had that cycle of white cards. Yep. Um, after uh, after Ravnica, we we don't really see a lot of angels until we go to Alara, uh, where we have an entire shard of Alara that is kind of angel based. I mean, like it's not an angel tribal shard, but Bant is like led by angels. N- none of the shards are tribal, but uh, actually, the five shards of Alara are built around the iconic. Uh, races of the colors they're most associated with. Bant is most associated with white and has angels. Esper is blue and has sphinxes. Uh, Grixis is black and has demons. Jund is red and has dragons. And Naya is green and has hydras. In case you didn't notice that before. Angels of Bant are white, blue, and green. And we we have like a good bit of lore about them. And they played sort of an important part in the pre-Shards of Alara story, setting up the world building. Um, but they don't really play that big of a role in the, the main story of the set, if I'm remembering correctly. They just kind of are, are there. Their, their biggest thing is that um, Asha, um, the, the head archangel of Bant, uh, disappeared uh, during the Sundering when Alara broke apart. Uh, she probably died. Uh, I don't. She's not really out there. But uh, uh, everyone on Bant was just like, "Oh, she disappeared. When's she gonna come back?" And it's like, "No, nah, bro, she dead." Um, 
And and so uh, angel angels on Bant exist and are like paragons of their um, martial warfare. Uh, but their their biggest influence is their absence. Um, the empty, you know, the sigil of the empty throne is a key card there. Um, everyone looks to Asha, and she doesn't exist anymore, and they don't know how to handle that. They're uh, they're also just very pretty. The the angel cards that we do get from Alara block are just some some gorgeous art. Uh, uh, we then go over to Zendikar, uh, which has a couple of like very iconic angel characters, but not really, you know, in original Zendikar block, they, they play very little role. Uh, we have, of course, Linvala and Iona, Iona being famous for being banned in commander, um, being but, big. I mean, she has other cards too. Um, All. there's a few Iona like themed cards I'll as say, well. You- you say Bandit Commander as if she isn't a reanimator staple in Legacy. Yeah. That's true. And modern sometimes. Yeah, and Linvala, who was also originally from Zendikar Block, uh, or at least the first time, uh, was a, a big staple in modern for a while there. Um, she was uh, ended up being very important for our return to Zendikar uh, the second time around, as the angel who sort of helped set up the, the rebuilding of Seagate and established what was essentially like the new normal for for zendikar mm-hmm. and zendikar rising um she's also a wizard which is cool um she's angel wizard in in zendikar rising the big thing with zendikari angels is that they have six wings and they traditionally wear their halos lowered over their eyes uh to atone for their uh failures in containing the eldrazi in the past although a lot of angels have uh shed their halos completely like linvala and it's like, nah, we're going to see clearly and, and right our wrongs. And Even in originals in the car block, it was kind of inconsistent <laughs> where their their halos were. But the, the iconic part of it is that a lot of them do wear their halos around their eyes. But yeah, it was it was pretty inconsistent. Um, we, we also got some angels when we went back to Mirrodin. Uh, so when we went back after, you know, Zendikar, I mean, we went to origi- the original Mirrodin did have some angels, uh, both, yes. you know, as, as white cards, but then like Platinum Angels, one of the most famous angel cards ever printed mm-hmm. as a, a rhombit angel. Um, yeah, it is. It is a big old robot. Um, but we do, we do get, uh, a, a shattered angel. So it's an angel that has been corrupted by Phyrexia. Ooh. And related to this, we do have one of the most popular angels in commander as well with atraxa who came out in the 2016 commander decks i believe I uh, which right. was mm-hmm, the the four color decks uh, atraxa was an angel who was corrupted by phyrexia and imbued with power by four of the five praetors and she's uh absolutely amazing gorgeous art and really fun she's just a fun commander i have an atraxa deck it's built around minus one minus one counters I also have an Atraxa deck, but it's counters tribal. I have a bunch of different types of counters. I had an Atraxa deck, and it was a pillow fort deck that used her ability to put, like, counters on things that protected me, and it was mostly enchantments, uh, and that deck was not fun, so I got rid of it. Um, it was just, I couldn't die, but I also couldn't win the game. Anyways. Uh, uh, I, I think we could just skip this next section. I don't think Angels and Innistrad really have much in common. <laughs> <laughs> so uh following uh the most iconic angel in all of magic we have avison who was the entire focus sort of of the original innistrad block story yes. uh yeah culminating in avison restored as a standalone set that was like the first time we had angel tribal as like an actual focus of the set mm-hmm. uh Avacyn was created by Soren Markov to sort of serve as like the defender of Innistrad, uh, not only on the plane, stopping the horrors of Innistrad from, you know, killing all the humans, but also like interplanetary, planetary, interplanar, interplanetary, that's an actual word too. To protect the plane from extraplanar threats. Yeah. And she, uh, she's real pretty, um, Real scary looking. That's because goths are all pretty. Uh, and she was like locked away in the hell vault for a reason involving a demon. Because, you know, Innistrad. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But she uh, she ends up getting let out by, you know, the very helpful Liliana Vess, who makes sure that she gets out of the hell vault. Thank you, Liliana, for saving Innistrad again. Um, and uh, 
she is uh she becomes the most iconic angel in magic i i would just say that straight up i think if you think of an angel in magic you're thinking of avison yep uh she also was leading uh three different flights of angels who each had their own sort of you know individual leader who all kind of answered to avison uh and you know bruna gisella and sigarda that's because she killed lieza was the fourth, uh, the four original Archangel Sister protectors of the plane that Soren usurped. Yeah, so like the angels on Innistrad are naturally occurring angels, like we've you know mentioned before on other planes. Uh, Avison is like the you know intentionally created one. She's like a church robot. She's Pope Bot. <laughs> she is Pope Bot, uh, and she makes it her goal to you know take over, and she kills Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Yeah. She kills the the black white angel, uh, and we we see her later. She comes back with the uh, ends up coming back in the story for Midnight Hunt, which came out recently, uh, and she is like intrinsically linked to demons now because the reason she came back was that she was contracted with a demon who couldn't die on an Estrad. So real cool. Uh, of course, you know the influence of Emrakul kind of messes up all of the angels on an Estrad, uh, specifically and most importantly Avison who goes completely mad, ends up killing a bunch of humans, and is, you know, unmade by Sorin. Yeah. Uh, Immerkul also has a lot of effect on a lot of the angels, uh, creating some real angel Eldrazi monstrosities, uh, specifically Brizella, the fusion of Bruna and Gisela, which is just one of the coolest things magic has ever done. I'm just going to say it. My personal <laughs> favorite angel in magic. Yeah, Eldrazi I, I, Angel. I wish we had gotten more fuse cards because I loved the uh, Handward Battlements slash Handward mm-hmm. Garrison card. Mm-hmm. Uh, meld very cool mechanic. Would love to see it return one day. Yeah, uh, but you know, angels like they got a whole set in Avison restored. They got a lot of focus when we went back to Innistrad. But like the next time we saw what would be really called Angel Tribal was Kaltheim, where we had an entire. Uh, world of Kaltheim, Starnheim, was angels. It was all angels. They were specifically a black-white tribe. They were berserkers for the most part, angel berserkers, which was really cool. Um, They are very different from a lot of other angel presentations that we've had in that they are, uh, they serve kind of a purpose for the life and death and the afterlife of they are the judges. They're judges yes. whether you're worthy to go to Starnheim or spend the rest of your days in Isfel. Uh, whereas uh, the the white angels argue for your heroic deeds and the black angels argue for your petty cowardices. And then they have to make up a decision unanimously and that's where your soul goes. Yeah. And uh, so uh, this is one of the few times we've had uh, like really solid mono black angels. But uh, again, they're also taking up the angel of death. Uh, role trope mm-hmm. space they're uh, called valkyries also, here by the way yeah they're called valkyries and they're very cool and they have like their own unique characterization to them uh they feature in some of the Kaltheim stories and I, I recommend going back and reading those because they're they're real cool uh very like i don't know they're just cool um so those are like the major appearances of angels and magic sets. Uh, we have some like weird one-offs, uh, specifically the Amonkhet angels. I don't know why um, you. I don't know why that's the segue. Amonkhet had a ton of angel cards because they were very specifically creepy and masculine and agents of Bolus in in and functioned in their angelic duty as 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 agents of maintaining law and order uh, on the God Pharaoh's city, like. They're a big part of that world. Yeah, but they're like, they're so unusual for angels that I felt like they should be like mentioned a little separately from the the rest of them. Because yes. they they really exist as like, it's like Nicol Bolas said, I want to make angels and he made them and they're just wrong. They're and uncanny yeah, for magic. They're uncanny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also like presenting very masculine and, and male and. That was like the first sign that something was wrong on this plane because that's just not normal. And uh, yeah, they were um, they were very very creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another important note though is that uh, we've never had an angel planeswalker because uh, angels weren't allowed to have sparks because they weren't what would be considered naturally living creatures. They didn't yeah. have souls. Poor revised angel on Twitter. It's so it's you have to be 
biologically born to be born with a spark. Angels aren't biologically born, thus an angel cannot be born with a spark. Um, we have other artificial planeswalkers, like Karn, who's a golem. Uh, Calyx, who's a Nyxborn, although Calyx is still a human. Like, being a Nyxborn doesn't make him not a human. He just isn't traditionally born. But he wasn't born. He was created, which is kind of... Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Ob is a demon. We'll get to Ob Nixilis. Um, and, and although he started as a human and became a demon, uh, Tamiyo is obviously part of a uh, new process where she is able to be converted into a machine and uh, machine cyborg and retain her spark. Uh, and then Grist exists, exists as a bug, but Grist is probably biologically born. We just don't know anything about that species. I, d I don't. I don't see Grist as being fundamentally different than something like a Nantuko. Yeah. Except yeah. for the part where like Grist is a hive mind, and apparently the whole hive can planes off. But also, Grist is a one-off creature in mm -hmm. a modern Horizon set when that we have almost no lore for. So I'm not going to delve too much into those mechanics. Yeah. the The big note here is that like they have changed. Well, I won't say they've changed. They've made planeswalkers who don't really fit the rule of planeswalkers that was like laid out as like they have to be naturally born and have a soul. Like uh, they've done weird stuff. So like we're going to have an angel planeswalker at some point. I would love Just, to see it. We don't know when yet. I mean, who knows? Uh, we are getting a set coming out very soon. Anyways, uh, we need to shift to demons because, oh boy, is there a lot to say about demons? All right, demons, what makes a demon? Hey, remember all the things I said about angels? Just change it to black mana, and you have demons. Uh, they are also mana constructs. Uh, they are also mostly naturally occurring. Um, they can be constructed, but like... Uh, um, and uh, I, I guess the thing I, I didn't mention much with angels, because it doesn't happen very often, uh, it happens a lot more often with demons, is the idea of a non-demon becoming a demon. Um, Non-angels can become angels under very rare circumstances. It's said that Sarah constructed angels out of people's souls, and that um, the angels on Bant are reincarnations of dead soldiers. Um, but... Like, way more often things become corrupted into being demons. Uh, so, we mentioned Obnixilis. He's one of those. Uh, hey, we're gonna get... We, we got uh, five five non-traditional demons on, uh, on New Capenna. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that whole thing happened. Uh, but becoming a demon is... Uh, a lot more common than becoming an angel. Uh, so that's kind of the, the alternate way that demons are created. Um, Lord of the Pit and Demonic Hordes are, are the big alpha uh, demons. Lord of the Pit, obviously, again, one of the best creatures in that first set. 7-7, um, seven, seven, Chonky, Flample, Chonky. Uh, you just have to feed it, and it wins games. Um the very first magic story, Rorika's Tale, uh, a Lord of the Pit is summoned. Um, Lord of the Pit, Lord, like, Lord of the Pits or Lords of the Pit, however you want to say it, uh, are kind of pretty common in um, early magic stories. Uh, Vincent in Chef Surprise, the Asmarana, Mardika, Dyson, Kuldakar story. Uh, Vincent is a Lord of the Pit. Um, uh, we do also have a Demonic Tutor. Uh, from that era too, which is kind of the big demon-themed card. Uh, there is a, by the way, we have a canon demonic tutor. His name is Illith. He lives in the Abyss, um, or Hell, or whatever name you want to call that, either plane or subplane of Dominaria. Uh, he is like the demonic tutor. He explains how his abilities work, where planeswalkers cast demonic tutor and he gets an instant mental connection with them and can very quickly analyze the battlefield and suggest, hey, this is the spell you need to to maximize your combat potential right now. Tactics, uh, and then the connection breaks, and he gets accidentally summoned in a story. Uh, it's dual loyalties in uh, Distant Planes. Really good story. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole side thing because I love Distant Planes, and I'll talk about Distant Planes any time I want. Uh, it's my this is my program. This is my <laughs> podcast. I just I just love that you're like. <laughs> oh, we're going so long on angels. We need to speed up demons. Also, here's a tangent about distant planes. Look, I'm just saying, <laughs> Illith exists, and I think he's great. Uh, uh, 
There was also unholy strength, which I didn't mention in the in the notes here. Yeah, oh yeah, holy, strength. holy and unholy strength. There, there, yeah. there's a lot of like angelic things and demonic things, and demonic things get associated with pentagrams, and that's gonna come up. Uh, Yogmoth demon uh, exists in antiquities, by the way, also. Um, the uh, which is, I guess, the source material for all the Phyrexian demons, like Gix, that show up later. Um, and then after Ice Age, we have the great. <laughs> you listed that as the great demon disappearance. Um, yeah, so they kind of scare. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is when the satanic panic is happening, which is a uh, ultra conservative uh, protect the children movement that is happening in the United States. Uh, at least I don't know if it happens elsewhere in like Europe or anything, but it happens in the United States. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, children, magic is a children's card game. We can't have demons and pentagrams. Those are evil. They're going to corrupt our kids. D&D turned my child into a suicidal goth murderer, um, and, and a Satan worshiper, and he's going to go to hell now, and all that suburban mom bullshit. Um, so demons really moved out of magic for a number of years, um, and, uh, vampires replaced them as black psychotic after uh Sengir vampire and alpha is also one of the biggest earliest uh popular magic cards um so pit spawn in exodus uh is is technically a demon but it was a beast when that set was printed as like one of the last demonic demons um the the big return of demons it wasn't until onslaught block uh when I, when i got into the game when demons finally returned to magic because uh, they were like, hey, wait a sec. We don't need to be, like, puritanical in our in our depiction of, of some more uh, evil creatures. And so we have some generic demons um, in in Dominaria and um, Mirrodin. The, the funny thing to me about uh, the, like, the people who just, like, don't maybe understand this is that, like, demons disappeared after Ice Age when there was, like, a couple of demon cards in Ice Age block. Um, and they didn't come back until Onslaught. That's, like what six years seven Mm -hmm. like that is a very long time to not have demons show up in the cards and that's why there were so many angels and not as many demons like Mm -hmm. demons were gone for the entire time of like the early magic it's about it's about seven years uh that they were not in the game um uh and then kamagawa has demons uh the oni uh which are um you know based on on the creatures in Japanese folklore are are these spirit demons who are basically uh, big, big evil spirits that want to do uh, you know corrupt uh, mortals and uh, gain power uh, and they have all these ritualistic cults with the ogres of the plane uh, and uh, this is a very unique situation where uh, demons broke into a second color uh, demons were also in red. Um, and the, uh, the Oni of Devouring Chaos, uh, is, is kind of the big character here who eventually fuses with the ogre Hidetsugu and is still around today as that, that fusion still exists. They're still alive. Uh, there's, there's still Oni in, uh, modern Kamigawa. Um, they're still doing their things. Um, and then on Ravnica, we have the cult of Rakdos. Uh, Rakdos is this, uh, uh, again, can continuing this kind of hedonistic uh, black red uh, demon thing. Uh, he's a hedonist, and he's essentially a clown. He's a big demon clown. He runs a circus, uh, and he really likes to sleep, and he likes to be entertained. He he's God. Oh my God, he's a grandpa. He, he just likes to sleep and watch <laughs> his shows. Oh well, never gonna get that comparison out of my head. Uh, Watch those bloody soap operas from his couch. That's him. So so Gideon was just sitting on Grandpa's lap. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, his head, but yeah. Um. Uh. This is is this the first like big demonic cult we have in Magic? I think so. I mean, like, like there's there's like a lot of cults, um, mm-hmm. but not most of them are not specifically to demons. Uh, they kind of skirt around that. There's like the cult of Meritlage, which is the more Lovecraftian cult. Uh, and then there's, like, the Cabal, which is, like, this weird organized crime cult that is, like, oh, we're, like, kind of demon-y, but we're not really demons. Uh, yeah, this is, 
I guess there's the Brotherhood of Gix is is really the first demon cult. But um, I think I think the problem was that a lot of those cults existed in that gap when demons weren't in the game, so they just couldn't have them. Right. So like no, the that's cabal, what I mean. yeah, the cabal existed and like became a thing and became not a thing in the entire span of time when like demons just weren't in the the story. So yeah, first demonic cult. Other than like I guess the Onis, but those aren't really a cult. It's demon worship, and certainly not in a cult in the way we think about it in Western culture. Um, uh, like I said, uh, demons are a big part of Grixis. Um, there's no specifically fantastic demons there except Malfagor, who is also half dragon. Uh, he's the one who kills Asha, the the archangel. Um, he tries to be a planeswalker at some point, uh, and is a general antagonist in the Alara story, and. But, uh, you know, he's he's um, he's his biggest role is in the Dak Faden comics where he tries to steal <laughs> Siva Grant Spark. Uh, um, but that that's about it. Um, and demons exist on Zendikar, too. They're pretty generic, although this is where Obnixilis exists. Uh, he was just a one off character. Uh, oh, this is a demon who used to be a planeswalker who's not a planeswalker anymore because of Zendikar's intense mana or whatever. Um, and he be, his card was really cool and powerful and people liked him as a character and wanted to know more. And now he's headlining promotional art for Streets of New Capenna. Um, the Obnixilis story is my, my go-to, hey, you have to tell, like, I get that people in the magic community love complaining, but you have to scream about the things that you love because we will take the things that you love and make great stuff with them. That is Obnixilis. Uh, a character who people screamed that they loved and he became a thing. Um, and I love the character. Uh, but uh, like I said, he he was a human planeswalker who was cursed by the chain veil uh, to become a demon. So um, there's, uh, again, a few demons uh, on, on in the Scars block because demons just exist on Mirrodin pretty generically. Uh, Innistrad also has a lot of demons. You don't say... <laughs> demons on Innistrad cannot die if they are killed they will be reborn from a big hellish gash in the earth called the ash mouth um grizzlebrand is the big famous one uh he is he is bound he's the one who grabs avacyn and is bound in the hell vault with her uh he uh there's also uh withengar and um ormondal there's a there's a handful of, of legendary demons from the plane um, but, uh, what cannot be killed must be bound is the thing that, uh, is repeated a bunch. So demons get trapped in moon silver, so, uh, you don't have to kill them. Uh, and this is also when we learn really about Liliana's contract with, uh, four demons, Grizzlebrand, uh, Cothofed, Razaketh, and Belzenlock. Um, Razaketh is over on Amonkhet, uh, where, um, most demons just kind of wander around in the desert and are these big horror monsters. They're very cool. Uh, although he is this kind of crocodilian demon uh, who is a pawn of Bolas. Uh, there's Cothafed on a mysterious plane. He's the one who uh, sends Liliana after the chain veil and then gets murdered by it. Um, it happens in one of the web comics. Uh, and then there's Belzenlock, who is an elder demon on Dominaria, potentially like the first Dominarian demon and the source of all the evil on Dominaria, or at least he claims to be, but like also legit, he might be the source of all evil on Dominaria. <laughs> um, I mean, he's like the, he's the Lord of the Wastes. He's, uh, you know, the patriarch of the cabal. He claims all those <laughs> titles for himself, but uh, as specifically an elder demon, he is like the demon on Dominaria. He gets imprisoned in the abyss for a while until he gets pulled back out. Um, and then he gets killed by Blackblade, because that's what happens when you get stabbed by Blackblade. Um, there's uh, a bunch of other plane Like, demons are less diversified, I think, than angels, because you can generically have a demon. So uh, Theris has some unique demons that... Um, uh, it's, it's a world without angels. Um, but it has some unique demons uh, based on things like gluttony and torment, not just, like, cruelty and violence. Um, which is like, they're, they're not like a thing that really exists in Greek mythology, but they're kind of there. Um, um, Kaladesh, there's, uh, demons follow like a thing called the Dark Schematic, uh, and, and are like big time investors in inventors and like love technology. 
Uh, and um, I think that that's a pretty pretty unique take for them. The the interesting thing to me about Kaladesh demons is that they are all constructs of the dark schematic. They are they are not like you know naturally born. You could say quote unquote they are all made, but they're also like incredibly powerful and uh-huh. really cool looking. Uh huh. They've got like a really cool visual. Aesthetic. Somehow I miss that entire aesthetic, and I don't know how. There's like two. That's yeah. the reason. <laughs> There's only like two demons in all of Kaladesh block. <laughs> um. Wait. The other big interpretation is on Tarkir with the Rakshasa. Uh, they are cat demons. They are tigers with big fancy tusks. Um, they are uh, very, uh, very manipulative. Um, they are they they are big on the you know demonic trades where like hey do a thing for me and I'll give you a bunch of power, but also I'll kind of like not do the thing you want me to do in the way you want me to do it. Instead, I'll twist your wishes for my benefit while also getting my benefit from you. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're advisors a lot. Um, uh, and then on Kaldheim, we, we have uh, the Immersturm where the demons were locked away for being too violent. They're putting, they're putting hell time out. Uh, but they get to be like the big heavy metal Viking raiders, and they're cool as shit. Yeah, they're really cool. They are an important part of the Kaldheim story uh, because Loki's whole thing—not Loki, excuse me, Tybalt's whole thing—in <laughs> um, the guise of Valky, who is the Loki adjacent character, is uh, opening up portals to Immersturm and like letting the demons out. Um, so yeah, it's, they're, they're really interesting. They're really tied into the lore of Kaldheim. Uh, humans like worship them. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. The, uh, uh the Skell, which is the black aligned, mm-hmm. uh, Viking Raiders on Bredegard, um, basically worship, um, name starts with a V. I can't remember it. Uh, off the top of Fargoth. my head. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, they are kind of demon worshiping Viking Raiders. Um, uh, and then we can't talk about demons without talking about Davriel. Uh, our our favorite diabolist who uh, twists demonic contracts for his benefit only, uh, and has a bunch of fun demon servants. Um, Children of the Nameless is a wonderful short story. Uh, what short story? It's a novella. Um, Miss Highwater is like one of the best demons in magic history. I I just wa- I really want her to have a card one day. I think that would be wonderful. Um, and there's uh, is it a brother sister demon pair? There are, and one of them gets killed, and yeah, the, uh, the sister gets killed, and we have the brother who is now a card on Arena. <coughs> he's, he's got a card. Gutmorn. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Davriel's got some really cool demons, and Children of the Nameless is a great novella, and they should put it on the uh, Magic Story website again. Agreed. <laughs> Gotta get my plug in there. And and Davriel's also in the in the current uh, run of Boom Studio comics, so read those, because they're great. That's that's demons. Yeah, we're we're gonna get some more of them in New Capenna, and uh-huh. presumably we're gonna get some that are just not black at all. Which is like we've had like occasional, you know, angels are white aligned, and we've had some mono black angels, and we've had like one or two mono red angels. But like, I don't think we've had very many mono other than the mono red demons in Kamigawa block. Like, we've not had any, like, non-black demons that were also non-red. Like, we're going to have a Bant demon, presumably, which is just such a cool concept. Uh, yeah. I, what does that mean? I'm not super happy about this, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's... So, so we have, we ha- I mean, just talking about some public information, Falco Spara, the leader of the uh, Brokers, that is a Bant faction, he is a demon. Infer from that what you will. Um... I'll talk about more that more specifically when when we get to new Capenna things. Uh, but yeah, so so the big thing uh, I guess uh, if we want to do like wrap up up shots is that uh, angels and demons are really similar metaphysically and get used in really similar trope spacey ways uh, throughout magic history. Um, most planes have their own versions of angels and demons, although not all planes have angels. A lot more planes have demons because it's you know, it's easier to make those work. Um, and uh, there's a, a lot of historical precedent for uh, angelic blessings and demonic packs and those sorts of things for crossing planar boundaries. Um, and and both angels and demons getting to have influence beyond the planes that they exist on. These are very powerful entities. Um, we're dealing with some of the, uh, the mightiest warriors and spellcasters 
you know, outside of like human mage classes and things like that in in magic lore. Uh, and if if you want to see angels and demons in a world interacting and and as big thematic pieces visually, uh, Nuka Penna's gonna be the set for you. Um, yeah, yeah. There's just not much we can say about Nuka Penna yet because you know we don't know Brian anything. and I. <laughs> Brian and I don't know anything, and Lorelai knows everything, and Z can't say anything. So uh, we're just we're just doing this episode because some of the art had angels and demons in it, and I thought, oh, we should talk about those. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all about angels and demons. Any any last thoughts on on angels and demons? You, you said like I thought we should talk. It was a group decision. It was a good suggestion. Yeah, I, I don't know who was. I assume you who suggested the episode, but it's a good episode. So this is a primer for like things to think about when when you are uh, are you are looking at New Capenna over the coming weeks. Um, which again, I think is great because you're gonna get the story first and get to see how um, you're you're gonna get the text of what angels and demons mean in this world first before you get anything mechanical. Um, so you're gonna get words and art first, um, and I think that's neat. I think we're gonna also gonna issue uh, final thoughts this week. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, in my head, I so this I cursed us in our head because in my head I was like, oh, this is going to be a short episode. Thought crimes. I did thought crimes. Um, if you would like to uh, have a place where uh, you can do thought crimes with other Vorthoses, um, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheVorthosCast because everyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to our Discord community where Vorthuses from around the world are committing thought crimes, uh, but also getting really excited about Nuka Penna. Uh, and uh, you're, we're so close, folks. We are we are like literally less than two weeks away from the story, and it's going to come out fast, like, like in Kamigawa, and there's going to be a lot of discussion. And trust me, you're going to want to talk about this set story, too. Ah, uh, this year's very exciting. If if you missed out on the big Vorthos discussions for uh, Neon Dynasty, you don't want to miss them. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on those discussions for Nuka Penna. And we would love to have more people talking about this exciting magic set. Uh, so we have a uh, we have that Discord community filled with wonderful folks, wonderful listeners. Uh, hello to everyone out there who consumes this podcast. You're wonderful. We love you. You're the best. And thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.